You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, uh, this week we have the Perla de Mar. Which uh, is a J.C. Newman cigar. One of the, the kind of the OG cigar labels uh, established, you know, 1895 or around in there. Well, it looks like, uh, you know, he's taking a throwback to, uh, I think. JC oftentimes is of a traditionalist, you know, wanting to take cigars back to its heritage. And you can't talk about cigar heritage without talking Cuban. So what he's done with this cigar is a Cuban seed Corojo wrapper for the first time. This is going to be in a box press. Um, Actually, Nic- it's like a, a Tampa-style press where it's yeah, not like a... Yeah, I mean, it's more not... of a rounded box press. Yeah, it's more I mean... ovalish. Um, got a wonderful shape. Um, the binders and long fillers are all Nicaraguan from Esteli, Candega, and Jalapa. Um, for folks that may not be familiar with the geography of Nicaragua, uh, basically that is the top three tobacco growing regions of the country. And a little La Rahina thrown in there as well. Uh, yeah, so it's. What'd you call me? La Rahina. Boy. <laughs> yeah, so. The Pearl de Mar has been around for a while, but they just kind of went through a rebranding with a new new bands. So it's you know looks a little different than the the, the Pearl de Mars you've had. I gotta in the say, past. like, and they... then they've added the the Ecuadorian Corojo wrapper to the to the line uh, that was just Connecticut Maduro. And, and and with the new branding, I you know I mean this looks like a classier cigar. Um... Yeah, I've had the Maduro uh, uh, Perla del Mar, and it was it was Maduro, but it was still it was kind of mild. It was a good like cigar with coffee, a good morning smoke. Where this Corojo is a little more robust, got a little more more spice to it. Yeah, and, but I mean, I think it's a wonderful blend for this time of year. Um, you know, it's got a very warm taste. Um, and, and I don't just mean that because obviously you have to light it to smoke it. Um, I'm saying, you know, a uh, little coffee, little leather, um, a little bit of a, um, like almost like a Christmas spice in there. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe some cinnamon and, uh, I, I, I mean, just when I think cold weather cigar and for something that isn't a powerhouse, like. I was worried when we first got the cigar, it was going to be extremely light and just very airy. But no, I mean, it doesn't pack a lot of strength, but it's very flavorful, and it's I appreciate a nice that. Sitting by the fire pit here in the winter and and enjoying a good relaxing. Smoke. Or the fireplace. Yeah. Uh, and well, you know, like you I said, mean, the uh, fire's already smoking, so why not light up a cigar? And as you said, a little Christmas spice. Uh, that brings us into this week's topic. We're going to be talking about uh, two new uh, Christmas movies. If you're tired of watching the the classics you watch every year, how do you get tired of the classics? Christmas, I mean, we're still going to watch Die Hard, but uh, <laughs> you know, we and we got it's a mix. We've got 
a kind of a kid-friendly movie and a not-so-kid-friendly movie. So one for the kids, one for the adults, and we'll get into both of those in a it's minute. It's not often that we do a wholesome family film legitimately. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I saw the rating, I was like, dude, have we ever did a PG film? <laughs> so, yes, we're going to be talking about... Like, can we talk about a PG well, film? Well, yes, we did, because we talked about the first Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, yes, we're talking about Christmas Chronicles 2 and The Fat Man. And we're not talking about me. We're talking about the movie The Fat Man. (laughs) And surprisingly, not a Kevin Smith film. (laughs) Yeah. And just remember, if you need to save Christmas, call on the Strikeforce. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code SCENARNERDS for 20% off your order. That is Cigar Nerds, because I kind of stumbled that line. But, yeah, use that. Get a discount. Get jacked up on energy, so if you need to live, you're going to need presents. it to get through these holidays. Exactly. And it's with that, hard to social distance. Let's ho, ho, ho. Now listen, brothers and sisters, we ain't going nowhere with all this negativity. All this fussing and fighting ain't nothing but stupidity. I've been listening to this noise and nonsense all night and day. Now let's hear what the man with the plan has to say. Go on, honey. Tell them what it is we need. Well, what we need is, uh... Well, it's real simple. All we need is, uh... The spirit of Christmas. Perhaps I should explain a little further... Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, you filthy animals! Ah, and a ho-ho-ho to you, my friend. Yeah, so here we are, our, our holly jolly Christmas episode. Yeah, we're going to talk about some jolly fat men other than myself. But they both also like a, a fine cigar occasionally. Yeah, I did notice that. A little bit of a trend. Um, Yeah, you know. Gotta keep it with the times. But, <laughs> kids... Do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> yeah, so this... We're adults. Holiday season, we're going to talk about two new, soon-to-be classic holiday films. Uh, and, you know, as Santa's list, who checks it twice, I'm going to find out if you're naughty or nice. So let's start with the nice. Uh, the one for the kitties. And then the thing you can watch after they go to bed. Well, I mean... So Christmas Chronicle 2, I mean... Yeah. I felt like this is wholesome family entertainment. Um, you know, definitely watched it with the family, and everybody had you know their their highs and their lows, and you know moments of uh, sorrow and happiness. Um, I mean, dude, I thought it was a pretty cool movie. I mean, it, the elves in this film, just like all the interaction, <laughs> the mayhem and the mischief and everything. I. I it, it's I not like the... what I envision of the elves, so it was yeah. really cool to see kind of this fresh take. Yeah, I, uh, we we talked about the first one when it came out, and it was, I mean, Kurt Russell is the best Santa Claus I believe I've I've ever seen. Uh, and the second one, you can tell they're like, oh, the first one was so super successful, so let's dump more money into the second one because the first time we got a little bit of Santa's village and a little bit of the elves. This one, there's like a shit ton of elves and we get the whole huge, uh, Santa's you know, village set. 
I mean, just like, you know, it just looked a lot more uh, expensive than the last one. Yeah. The last one was very simple. It was a story of Santa and the kids trying to get his sleigh and his sack back so he can get on his way before Christmas is ruined. Where this one's... I mean, dude, you got time travel. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, you've got, you know, you know, legitimate opposition, not only in, um, I, I don't know. I guess if Deadpool 2 made a, or Deadpool, yeah, Deadpool 2 had a Christmas film, this would kind of be. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Deadpool 2, this one, you know, we've got all the original characters back. Uh, the uh, Katie and her older brother, but. It's been two years since the the last movie came out, which the first one really focused on that kind of rebuilding the relationship between brother and sister. Well, this time mom has a new boyfriend who's played by Tyrese, by the way. So I kept waiting for some like gone in sixty seconds shit to happen, but no, nah, it he never just, really did. Just like... there briefly as the new uh, potential stepdaddy and his son, who's kind of not courageous. And so this time, you know, the the big brother kind of takes a takes a you know not as big a role in this one. And this now young Katie is the teenager and now has a kind of a younger brother or potential stepbrother <laughs> uh, coming in. And so now I, mean, she's I think it's a the lot of the older leader in this film. You know, I mean, the family offer obviously suffered tragedy and, you know, like people wonder, Oh, there's, you know, whether it be divorce or the loss of a spouse, you know, when, you know, you're trying to move on. Sometimes it's hard to process that. So we kind of go through, you know, her, you know, kind of emotional trials with everything that's going on. And, you know, I mean. Yeah, because her dad passed when she was kind of young and she didn't really get a chance to say goodbye. And Katie's kind of having trouble with her mom moving on because if you think if she gets a new father that they're, everyone's going to forget about, you know, her father, so she, and also they're on a trip in Can, spending Christmas in Cancun, and she's like, no, I want to go back to Boston where it's snowy and it looks like Christmas, so she plans to Dude, I spent a Christmas in away. Miami one time. I do have to say that, like, maybe it's not that... Decorated palm trees? Well, you know, big <laughs> of a, a transition, you know, if you're used to the, you know, kind of tropical climate, but, you know, here in Georgia, like, we... May not always have snow, but we at least get the cold temperatures and things. <laughs> Eventually. It's and... warm until like two weeks before Christmas, and then it's like 30 below. Yeah. Um... <laughs> or at least 30. Maybe not below. But yeah, being somewhere where it's like, hey, it's the day before Christmas. You want to go swim in the ocean? <laughs> like, to be in shorts and in the ocean, like, it all just felt very foreign to me. <laughs> yeah, so she's having a little, a little hard uh, time getting on. And so... We we get our first kind of new character, uh, which is uh, what are Belinsky or something. He's a rogue elf. A uh, apparently there's a curse that if you stop acting elf like and uh, well, I mean you got to break the five cardinal elf rules. Yeah, uh, Bel Belsnickel, there's his name, played by uh, uh, the kid from Deadpool two. <laughs> uh, Julian uh, Dennison. Yeah, so he's he kept being naughty and violating all the rules of elfdom and got cursed and turned into a just a dirty human. Well, I you know, <laughs> and I mean the thing that he despised the most and you know, from there 
Like, I mean, extremely crafty and creative if he could have just channeled that energy in a different direction. But yeah, I mean, so he, he set he up was... his own village in the South Pole and and made his own toys and and planned a way to destroy Santa Claus. And he finally figures it out with. And I would have got away for it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> Using a true believer, and uh, so as uh, young Katie and and is trying to run away with her. Her uh, with Jack tagging along, he th- lures them into a portal that ends up dropping them in the North Pole. So, word of advice, folks: if you're on an island, don't hop on the golf cart, especially when everybody else is in board shorts and you know typical hall or you know um, what I would say beach attire, and you see the dude in the black leather jacket. Like something's out of place here. Like I love how the black leather jacket always like symbolizes the bad boy. You know, like, <laughs> That's how you know he's up to something shady. <laughs> Dude, I've wore wet leather jackets all my life. Wait a second. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then we also get the uh, the other villain of our story, the, the Yule Cat, which is, is like a freaking mountain lion the size of a tiger. <laughs> Things big as shit. <laughs> yeah. But is a Yule, Yule Cat, like... I kind of felt like it was under the the guidance or the direction of um, Bellsnickel. Yeah, they kind of teamed like, up. I, as you a... know, I mean, I understand. Like, obviously, it's a predator, so it would be out hunting and stuff. I get that, but you know, I I, I feel like it's received some training and is taking orders in a direction that it, you know, yeah, he's definitely probably wouldn't with the, have with the evil elf. And also this time around, last time we kind of got just a teaser of Goldie Hawn as Mrs. Claus at the end of the film. Where this one, she's along for the entire ride. And it is kind of cool because it's like, you know, they explain that the reason why Santa lives as long as he does is that time kind of stands still at the North Pole. So they don't get any older and stuff. But then also they've never kind of had children. So she's like, oh my God, we got kids here visiting. Like, let's, you know feed them and, and do all the dude i the totally thought that, that was we... gonna be a uh ploy to be like santa you know we gotta have a kid <laughs> yeah, they ever flat out say that they they have not been able to have kids but yeah it's like you know it's like, like oh my god we actually got real kids here not elves but i mean That's... then again like if you were a kid you know and you lived on the north pole with santa like would you would you get burnt out on the Christmas? Like, or, or would you, you know, take the bell snooker route and be like, well, you're having to focus all of your attention all year on all these other kids. What about me, who is your kid? Like, and that's kind of like, you know, I mean, one I, of the ways he, he kind of turned, he was because he was like, he was like kind of like the first elf, and he's like, it's like, I'm being ignored, and he kind of got jealous and stuff, and then just went straight up naughty. And decided to break in and still the the power of the of the North Pole is is apparently a a star that has harnessed the power of the uh, that the elves made the original elves made for Santa that harnessed the power of the Christmas star and that provides kind of which was the, Beth, the star of Bethlehem yes so apparently Santa Claus in this story is actually from Turkey because at one point they have to venture uh, Belsnickel manages to steal the star but. It ends up getting broken, so they're like, "Well, let's go back to Turkey to find the Wood Elves and get them to make me a new one." And it's funny because he's like, "I haven't been here in like three hundred years," and they're like, 
And like the, the elves are like trying to fight him. Like, how do we know you're the real Santa Claus? And he finally like freezes one of them. And I get the, they're like, yep, you're Santa Claus. And at the end, when he, he defrosts the elf as he's leaving, he's like, I don't know. I don't think he's still, I still don't think he's Santa Claus. Fuck him. <laughs> uh, it's like anybody could have done that. But I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool when, uh, you know, they introduced the elf bane out of the you know, cannons, and all of the elves start just, you know, going berserk. Like, yeah, cause you got the... freaking elves with chainsaws running <laughs> around, and, I mean... Yeah, so his... He sends the, uh... The... The, uh... uh Yule Cat after the reindeer, and ends up hurting... I think it was Dasher. Dude! Did... Did you get teary-eyed? I was like, oh my god, you're gonna, you're gonna freaking kill a reindeer? But, you know, he, he fought... Fought, yeah, he, he, he went down hard, you know, I mean, he... he about, he's like, I thought they were just going to run away. I didn't mean to hurt him. But, you know, whatever. I'm I'm grumpy elf. <laughs> but, yeah, like, legit, Rachel's like, damn it, I'm crying over a reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, then the, uh, to kind of take care of the elves, he poisons them all using kind of an aerosol. They have, snow apparently can't get into Santa's village because of the shield, so they shoot snow out of a cannon to keep snow going. And he loads the cannons up with Elfsbane that apparently drives elves mad. So they're all just having, like, running around with chainsaws, having, like, a rave party. There's even, like, a DJ elf scratching. And, like, there's there's even, a, like, a small uh, movie theater in, uh, that's that's playing elf in the uh, Santa's village. And when everyone goes crazy, they start watching Bad Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were just, you know, little subtleties that I just, you know, I thought was beautifully done, you know, just to, like, it would have been so easy to just make the elves generic, but they all kind of had their own personalities and things. They're kind of about and, like when we talk like the first Gremlins movie. It's like, yeah, it's very easy to just cut and paste, but the, they, they took they, the time They got to water give them after all, midnight. Yeah, give them all a, personal, a separate personality. Uh, yeah, that was, and then, um, you know, so... Santa and Kate go to Turkey to to get replacement for the uh, for the uh, star, while Jack stays behind with Mrs. Claus. And she's like, "Well, the only thing cure wolfsbane is a special herb that only grows on the top of the mountain. Uh, I have to stay here and take care of the reindeer. You're gonna have to go get it." And he's like, "But I'm you know chicken." He's like, "Oh, don't worry. I got these magical cookies that give you like the the snowmen give you courage and the the." Uh, Gingerbread men are actually like grenades, so if you get into trouble, chunk a chunk a gingerbread cookie at somebody. <laughs> so he goes on the vin- an adventure, fights the Yule Cat, and like learns courage. And then he gets back. And he's like, "Yeah, I freaking I, yeah, that uh, those cookies are awesome. I need cookies like this always." She's like, "What's in them?" And he's like, she's like, "Oh, just like you know, little nutmeg, some eggs, some flour." She's like, "No, you were the hero all along. You just need to be confident in yourself." So young Jack learned to man up and fight Yule Cat. And after that, he's like, "She's like." Here's you a Nerf crossbow. Uh, you have to go put the cure Dude, in the cannons. Uh, <laughs> how Hollywood was that? Because at <laughs> no point does he run out of Nerf darts. No. I mean, he's running through the elf village like John Wick, popping people with Nerf darts. <laughs> Just don't point it this way. You'll put your eye out. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, then, uh, and I like uh, Bell Snickle uh, as... You know, he's tried to kind of recreate all of Santa's stuff, and he even has his own sleigh that has, like... Fucking V8 engine and all kinds <laughs> of... But the the damn hyenas! Yeah, like... It, was like, it looked like a pug jackal mix. <laughs> they were, like, reindeer-sized, big-headed dogs. 
that were just. But just weird. like you would anticipate from hyenas, like they're they're trying to attack each other and like just <laughs> laughing. I'm just like, what? Are hyenas gonna make it on the South Pole? And apparently, since he was kind of the, the favorite elf at one point, he learned inventing and and building from Santa Claus and learned magic from Mrs. Claus. So he's very technologically advanced. And he apparently invents time travel and sucks Santa into the the nineties <laughs> <laughs> using AAA batteries. <laughs> so yeah, so not too advanced. So they crash land in the nineties because uh, it's like, oh, we're at an we're at an airport in Chicago. Christmas spirit is at an all time low, and the reindeer can't fly without Christmas spirit. So we're gonna have to go the have one another place musical you don't want to be stuck in. Yeah. So, yeah. They go to the airport, and of course Santa starts a whole musical number like he did in the uh, the jail in the last movie. While you know, girl gets arrested for counterfeiting because she's trying to pay with a twenty twenty uh, bill, and they're like, "This is nineteen ninety. They're looks trying like to Monopoly use money. <laughs> they're trying to use a twenty from twenty twenty. It's like, man, that that thing's got coronavirus. <laughs> but luckily, she's kind of in the in there with another a kid who's like. I'm a true believer too. I'll help you get out of this and get you back to your Santa Claus. And turns out it's a young version of her father. So she finally gets to say goodbye to her dad, like, and get to know him that like she didn't. Yeah. Cause I think ultimately that was her Christmas wish was to just be able to say, you know, goodbye. And yeah. And it, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was, like I said, this, this is the, the action sequences of, well, of I mean like even, Nichols you know, later. when, they, you know, Santa finds them, you know, basically in the North Pole about frozen to death and throws them on the sleigh. And he's like, oh, I've got to get them to the North Pole and get them warmed up and everything. And dude, like that, when they fly through what looks like the Northern Lights, which is a shield, and you've got all the damn lightning bolts and stuff they're trying to dodge. I'm like, dude, that's epic. Like, <laughs> yeah. you can definitely tell that this film got some major budget reworks. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, so... She learns the the real meaning of Christmas, and it's okay to to move on and have another another dad in your life. And it doesn't matter if there's no snow; it's who you're with, not where you're at at Christmas. And Bell Snickle learned that you know Santa's like yeah. After he defeats him, you know he's like yeah, no hard feelings. Well, I mean, I, ultimately, I don't even think he defeats him. Miss Claus pretty much says. You guys are going to destroy everything over your petty Again, games. That's kind of how they broke yes. the star to begin with—is them fighting over it. Like, where she's like, enough is enough. Like, children. Somebody be the adult. <laughs> have a gingerbread cookie. Yeah. It's like, you know, have a cookie and calm the fuck down. But then Santa's like, like I want a cookie. <laughs> yeah. But Santa's like, you know, you go, even though you've been naughty, I got your present. And gives him, like, the first toy that they ever built together. And he's like, oh shit, you kept this. And, and you know, he's like, you, know, you, you don't have to live in the South Pole and hate us. You can stay here and. And try to be an elf again, and eventually he, like I said, like the Grinch, his his heart grew two sizes that day, and he got his his elfiness back. Which even as an elf, he still was like bigger than all the other elves, which was kind of weird. I mean, dude, he was a fat kid from Deadpool. What do you expect? <laughs> and he still had a leather jacket. Yeah, he was like a little metal elf. Kind of remind me of the uh, uh, from that uh, Onward movie. <laughs> yeah, I can see that metal elf. Oh, I keep forgetting that the older brother is the same kid from the babysitter. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I was like, that fucker looks familiar. Oh, yeah, yeah, like I, I was watching, I was like, 
Where have I seen? Oh, yeah, The Babysitter. Like, two very vastly different films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That kid's got an interesting career. But, I don't know, what do you think about the difference in this than the first one? I, I mean, mean, it was to me it was good, but it, I don't know, it just kind of didn't have the same feeling as the original. I mean, I think they did this one in such a way to, like, I think the first one is very much, if you want the traditional Christmas movie, great. This one was more so, hey, we're going to Christmasize it because of the holiday, but here's you an action-packed, you know, film that you can watch with a family. <laughs> like, this was the action, kids' version of the action movie. Yeah, like, pretty much. I mean, it, like I said, the first one was kind of very small, but... Yeah, this one was very much like an action or an epic adventure movie set in Christmas time. And yeah, most movies, the second one is never quite, doesn't quite recapture the magic of the first one. But I gotta say, this one is at least wasn't a remake of the first one. This one's Correct. a different film. I mean, and I think they did it, they gave it enough originality that, you know... You know, I, I I think they did a good job in capturing the Christmas kind of spirit, but also, too, like, they did this in such a way as, you know, oftentimes with Christmas films, I, I guess the, the motto is, oh, you know, we can't just have it be the Christian Christmas as we traditionally know it. You know, this is designed to be a little bit more secular, a little bit more worldly, and appeal to a much broader audience. Um, <laughs> I did like the, speaking of broader, I, I, I like the, they introduced that there's more than one type of elf that, yeah, they're like, kind of go a little more into Santa's backstory where like elves at one point were hunted by humanity and then Santa like, you know, led them to a safe space, which was the North Pole, and started making toys. But, like, the original OG elves were still, like, these I mean, Turkish were... mountain wood elves. And they, they even taught, like, they almost sound like Nordic uh, yes. <laughs> people. But I, I think they the origin was kind of cool, you know, to see, you know, like, oh, crap. This dude, like, been around a long time. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're shooting little crossbows, and these are more like, you know, tribes people <laughs> but yeah they're like you know we need a new star and like ah fire up the forges you know and it's like you know, like, like santa said, you know this is dangerous it's like you know little short viking dudes <laughs> tell about <Hala. laughs> oh bite your kneecaps <laughs> i don't i don't think they're that big <laughs> maybe gnaw on your ankle <laughs> but they can build some legos fast as fuck dude <laughs> like and I thought that was kind of cool, like, seeing all of the elves, you know, in their different roles, whether it was the candy factory or the toy factory or them, you know, coding video games and... Yeah, that was one thing, too. Yeah, it was like uh, a kind of a new way of depicting Santa's village. Because I've always seen, like, the traditional factory model of them just making all kind of stuff, where this was like, it was almost like a town square and there was, like, different shops that did all the different, like... Like, oh, we got the candy shop, the clothing shop, we've got the, the uh, like I said, the video games and the 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 Lego factory. It's like, it was almost like a, like a whole little, like, shopping mall of, of village, like, like a town center of all these little shops instead of, like, one big kind of elf industrial factory. 
Could you imagine going to the Lego store nowadays, look in the window, and there's like all these like little drones and bots, and as you're peering <laughs> in, like, oh, that's a portrait of myself. <laughs> yeah, that should not be on Legos. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, like I said, even the I. All right, who had the metal musical number? Is it the the Jailhouse Rock or the uh, the 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 Christmas? airport uh musical yeah i think for me jailhouse rock yeah so i I, yeah. I prefer the original i mean it was a good song but yeah i prefer that like original uh <laughs> jailhouse rock scene like i i don't you know i mean i think with the you know christmas chronicles you, you're gonna have that musical you know kind of foray at some point but yeah that jailhouse rock uh it, i mean like this time around you you expected the musical number. Like that time <laughs> yeah. it's just like damn, Santa's rocking out. <laughs> yeah, it was more surprising the first first time around. And then the uh Yeah, I like, I like the Bill Snickle trying to be like the dark Santa Claus where Santa is very magical, where Bill Snickle's like freaking Iron well, Man. I mean, he's he has, having like, all to the... invent the gadgets yes, because he, has, like, all he doesn't these, like, have cool the magic gadgets and and robots and like you know, I got this gravity uh, gun and you know, it's like <laughs> Thanos has a glove. I too have a glove. <laughs> yeah, so that like kind of like that cross between kind of old world ancient versus like modern uh, was was kind of a cool uh, dichotomy. But yeah, as a Christmas film, it's it's definitely worth a watch. It's a uh, good fun entertainment but yeah i said if you've i mean time definitely passed by quick with this film like i mean i I mean it it was legit enjoyable yeah so we've talked about the nice let's talk about the naughty is it really that yeah it's kind of (laughs) naughty oh we we talked about this trailer way back when on on uh nerd news and it finally came out and is now available on amazon for for rent fat man starring mel gibson as chris kringle yeah and uh i don't know i mean i remember the trailer a little bit but just like watching this in its entirety it kind of left me feeling like the hell did i just watch <laughs> um which i i guess and all reality that's probably what it wanted to do so um if you're looking for a film before we get into spoilers and stuff with a tactical santa this is it (laughs) um spoiler alerts ahead (laughs) yeah i mean it's it kind of ends as an action movie but it's it's very like dark and gritty and this the build-up to the final confrontation it's like i was like man what is this like it's kind of a weird crime movie or whatever, but basically Mel Gibson plays a Santa Claus that is just tired of the world. He's like, kids don't believe in me anymore. Kids are, are, you know, I don't have the influence I had once had. And you know, all the kids are like being <laughs> now naughty. It's all nowadays. Amazon and, you know, all the big box retailers and warehouses and technology. And, you know, <laughs> nobody's, you know, really attributing or, you know, 
given, you know, Santa a chance. Everything is now outsourced. Uh, you know, you got Chinese factories that are, you know, using child labor and, you know, slave labor. And Santa's like, man, I'm, I'm trying to take care of my people. I can't, you know, compete <laughs> with, you know, these places that... And basically, this is a world where they know Santa exists and the government kind of funds his operation because they're like him giving kids and stuff, you know, giving presents makes other people want to give presents. And it's it like boosts an actual the economy. Yeah. It's like an actual like worldwide economic stimulus. This is the true commercialization of Christmas. Yeah. So Santa actually kind of operates a business that the government is supposed to pay him to run his operation. But as kids have gotten more naughty, He's given out less presents and given out more coal, and the government's like, "Oh no, our original we, contract is." We pay you is, on production. Yeah, we pay you on production, not on you know a, a, a set price. So since your production has gone down, you know we we're paying you less. And he's like, "Well, I can't afford this." They're like, "Well, I'll tell you what, after Christmas, you work for us for two months a year uh, to subsidize the stuff because basically his elves work, you know." Eight hours a day with twenty minute naps. Uh, that's all that. They, so and they can, they're fed on sugar. Yeah, and, you and know. they can pr pretty much produce anything faster, better than any other, you know, source. So they're like, you come work for the army and make basically jet fighter uh, motherboards for like you know high tech jets. You know? Like I thought they were going to use them like to develop you know different weaponry or something. Like, hey, give us a little Santa magic for this ion cannon. <laughs> Yeah, like from the original trailer, I thought it was going to be more like, you know, they're turning Santa into some kind of operative because he, he can, like, get into anybody's house. But no, it's like, no, we just want y'all to produce motherboards for our next generation jet fighters because <laughs> y'all can do it all in, like, two months. Where, like, if we have to pay somebody, it's gonna, this is going to be in years in development. So to kind of pay for next Christmas, he agrees to kind of lease out his factory to the Or I thought it was going to be a straight-up government takeover, you know, because yeah. you... See all the troops start moving in. They start setting up barricades. They, you know, start issuing ID badges and like. Yeah, you think at some point they're like they're going to try to take over the operation, but the captain that's in charge of him, he's like, like starts respecting the elves' like pro productivity and how. And he's like, "Your name's number seven. And he goes, "Oh yeah, we're all designated by like rank and number because that's more efficient." And, he's and like, we never reuse the same number out of respect. And he's like, "Damn, you know what? That that is that's a good way to do yes. it." Yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, really impressed by him. Um, so you think that's going to be like the crux of the movie, but it's not, it's Santa hates, the, you know, kind of hates the world and is losing his Christmas spirit. And he gives this one, and a bit of an alcoholic <laughs> gives this one naughty kid Cole. And this kid is like, ha is like a wannabe gangster. He has a rich grandma and he keeps stealing money for her to like fund his gangster stuff where he has his own hitman uh, played by Walter Coggins. And he are and he you know wins the science fair every year. Well, he got runner up this year, so he hires a hitman to kidnap the girl and intimidate her into saying she cheated. So he'll he'll win, and that got him a coal because Santa sees all, and so he's like fuck this. Calls up his hitman. He's like, I want you to take out the fat man. <laughs> but the hitman also kind of has a grudge against Santa Claus because he. Apparently only ever got one toy, and then after that, never got any more gifts because he's fucking naughty Kyle. So what he do, anything that's actually produced in Santa's factory has a tiny little plaque that says, From Santa's Workshop. 
and he's like a toy collector. He collects all these toys from other people that since he never got anything as yeah, a child. Like, How much are your childhood dreams worth to you? Like <laughs> he is the, you know, pawn shop for Santa's toys. Yeah, and then operates as a hitman uh, when he's not collecting toys. <laughs> but even though he's like this weird hitman, he has this pet mouse that he really cares about, which is Dude, like, it's a hamster. <laughs> or hamster. Okay, and he's not a reptile guy apparently. Um <laughs> Yeah, so when the kid hires him, it's funny, he goes through this whole thing, like, researching Christmas lore, and, like, he even tries calling the North Pole, like, what's the closest city to the North Pole? Do you got a Kris Kringle there? And they just, like, hang up on him. And he's like, how the fuck do I find this guy to kill him? And he finally, like, watching old Christmas cartoons and sees the letters. He's like, wait a minute. Letters. That's how I'm going to track him. So he goes to, like, the post office. He's like, hey, all the letters kids write to Santa Claus, where do they go? So I don't know. We drop them in this bin 313 or whatever. And he's like, I don't know. And so finally he, like... Fucking takes out a mailman, goes to like a mail supervisor. He's like, you know, where the hell do I, f-? you know, he's like, we don't have an address for Santa Claus. We just all send him to this one P.O. box in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. <laughs> so then he goes on this epic road trip through Canada to get to Alaska to kill. But he brings his, his hamster with him. And it's like the hamster starts not having a good time. So he has to pull over at a pet shop and like buy it a wheel and toys and everything else. <laughs> I mean, which I kind of appreciated that. Like, Yeah, he's like, he's got kind of a soft side, even though he's a professional killer. I mean, you know, hate people but love animals? I can, I can sympathize with that. <laughs> but Yeah, I like what you said about the, the, the lady running the things. Like, you don't take look at me like a hamster. You look more like a, a reptile guy. I got these lizards. These lizards are great. I was like, oh, no. You're, he's like, no, not really. I, I, just, I just like the hamster. Oh, I know. Snakes. No, snakes eat the hamsters. Like, <laughs> And she's like... Well, you know, I, I can always tell what uh, yeah, kind of animal people are. Because, yeah, you know what? You really remind me of uh, my mother. Really? She's like, yeah, she didn't listen to anything and should shut the fuck up, too. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, might, might have struck a nerve. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and you know, this also introduced uh, Ruth, a.k.a. Mrs. Claus, uh, uh played by uh, Marina John Baptista and she's cool as shit because like I mean she's as, a badass in her own right yeah as grumpy and disgruntled with everybody as Chris Kringle has become she still has the holiday spirit and she's like hey man you know when when I'm low you got my back when you're low I got my back and like I said as he you know kind of even brings in the military guys and is not liking having to do that to keep the operation running you know, he's out in the the gym or, you know, in the barn punching the punching bag and she brings in these files that she's kept. And it's like these thank you letters from kids that got gifts showing like, oh, this one wanted a, a fire truck and she grew up to be a fire, a firewoman, a fireman. This one, you know, wanted a cooking set and he grew up to be a chef and like, you know, show him the actual effect he has on these, these kids that he's brought gifts to through the years and kind of rekindles his, his Christmas spirit. But even before that, when it comes back from, from his Christmas run and he's, you know, been shot. He's like, yeah, damn kids, threw some flack in the air, put two holes in the sleigh and one in me. <laughs> Fucking kids yeah, today. I mean, it was a, you know, and I mean, but, you know, he's still, you know, is Chris Kringle. So he's got that magic and, you know, it's like, well, what do I do for you? Oh, you know, nothing. It'll just, you know, take care of itself the same way it always does. And, and I like when you first see him at the first, before you even like introduce that he is Santa Claus, 
He's he just looks like an old like disgruntled farmer drives an old truck wears like flannel just like your average like you know midwestern farmer guy it's and like he, a bearded guy you'd see at the cigar shop yeah but he's he's out in his backyard like with a old 1911 45 and he he hates the the kind of the cartoonish commercialized image he has now so he's shooting all these like santa on a coke can or sent those the uh, little cookie tins like he's got like all these like these freaking Santa advertisements, just using them for targets out in the backyard. <laughs> like, what am I a joke to you? <laughs> but holy crap, dude! Like, it took me a little bit. To be like, that's Mel Gibson. <laughs> Jay, he's got a freaking sweet beard now. <laughs> yeah, he definitely does not look like your uh, traditional uh, Santa Claus. I don't know. I like him, you know, because I mean, he still has the ability to, to you know. He knows everyone, you know, and he's at the bar, you know, getting sloshed and, you know, the bartender's coming on to another patron and she's like, uh, you know, hey, come back to my place. And he's like, hey, Jerry, uh, you know, how how's Melinda? How's the kids? You know, um, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> even though he hates everybody, he still does the right thing and like, keeps this guy from cheating on his, like, his wife. Like, I swear I wasn't going to you just drive on. It's what, 12 hours? You. You should, you should go home. Spend I, I got Christmas your beer. Your you you take off. I'll I'll take care of her. <laughs> yeah. And the waitress comes back. She's like, "Hey, where'd uh, where'd Jerry go?" She's like, "Jerry, who? The guy that was sitting right next to where you sit your fat ass." Oh, I, he, I don't know. He just got up and left. Yeah. Seemed like an all right fellow. She's <laughs> like, "Damn it! How come every time you come in here, I have to go home alone?" Because <laughs> she not choosing the peoples that are honest about. The labs. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. Freaking, uh, homeboy finally catches up. Or, even before that, I like when he, uh, because they, they never, like, flat out, you see that he heals. But, yeah, Santa also is, like, stronger than the average person. And, you, like, the when the army guys are moving in to set up security for the, uh, the base and stuff, they tip over a big pallet full of boxes. And they're, like, struggling to, like, tip it back over and he's like he's like hold here hold my coffee boys and this like flips it up no problem they're all sitting there stunned he's like ah steroids <laughs> i mean it, it is just proof that old man strength does exist <laughs> yeah and the uh they never say you know how old he is either but when the you see him like open up his uh his box where he has his weapons it's like he's got you know kind of like a I don't know, like World War II era 45. And then he's got like this old Walker Colt, like Wild West gun. And then he even has like a, looks like a double barrel flintlock pistol. It's like <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish they would have went more into the, the backstory, you know, cause I mean, he does give us that little bit of, you know, you don't get this job implying that maybe there's more than one Chris Kringle that, you know, this yeah. has been handed down somehow, but, you know, it'd be kind of cool to figure out how you get in that position and everything of that nature, but, you know, this film, like, oftentimes it would just cut from one scene to another, and I'm like, wait a second, I felt like I missed something. Did I miss something? Oh, no, wait. Nope, I didn't. <laughs> that... Speaking of cuts, the, the weird... uh uh, road trip montage when he's driving up to Alaska and it's literally, it just keeps jumping to him in different locations and the music changes. So he's like, the dude listens to every style of music there is. It's like every cut, he's listening to a different 
kind of genre. But then of again, music. like when you do a really long road trip, I'm, I'm you know when you know you're going to be on the road for fourteen plus hours or whatever, like you have to varietize because like <laughs> like me, like if I just listen to metal the entire way, like a, no, like at some point it's like. I got to switch because my brain just like, oh, this same monotonous thing. Here it is. And it's like, you have to change it up. You got to change up the food. You got to change up the music. You got to do things to, you know, (laughs) keep the brain stimulated. Otherwise, you're going into tunnel vision and you're going to be landing in a tree. (laughs) Are you going to figure out, you know, 300 miles down the way? Shit, I should have made that left back there. And also he was driving like, you know, what looked like an old, like, you know, Dodge police car. So those things didn't have satellite radio. So you're kind of at the mercy of whatever local radio station you can pick up is. <laughs> so yeah, musical genre change as he goes. And he even like stops at some gas station, sees some kid. He's like, did you get that for Christmas? Yeah. He's like, how much you want for it? <laughs> Just so he can add it to his uh, Santa Claus I'll toy give collection. you 50 bucks. Kid's like, no, 100 bucks. No, 150 bucks. Uh, okay, I'm persuaded now. <laughs> What happened to your, uh, your your airplane there, boy? Uh, well, I don't know. Some guy came up and gave me $150. I gave it to him. <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah, when he finally makes it to the base and ends up... I wonder up... if that kid grows up to be a, one of the jet pilots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be the next movie. But yeah, when he shows up and like starts you know, shooting up the place and killing all the guards and kind of running trying to blow up the uh the toy factory I like he, he catches the he gets caught by the one elf and he's holding the bomb and he's like put that down uh he's like oh you want the military guys? yeah yeah i work for the military guys and he's like ah oh, really and then it's like strips the bomb in like seconds <laughs> he's like you like yeah but it's like yeah the military guys are like you know actually escort the uh the uh, the elves out and and save the elves. So yeah, you think this whole time that there's going to be some kind of hostile takeover, and that was just well. Kind I of mean, a... really, it's kind of number seven that saves the elves. Yeah, he ends up you. Know, I mean, alerting for the, Santa, what's going on for the on? military guys? These weren't your top tier, you know. Okay, these these were like weekend. Which I mean, then again, guys. I kind of feel like you know that was a little bit of an ambush, you know, too. But you know, number seven making it over to the intercom system to be like Santa, we're under attack, and dude. He was in no position to be fighting either. I mean, you know. He, Santa was getting it on. <laughs> yeah, and I, dude, that's that's hard to be like, I just want to go to sleep. Fuck, I got to go, you know, <laughs> full raging Cajun now. Like, Yeah, I love that. He goes outside and you like. But I kind of expected, like, you know, the hitman, he had his gear up montage. And I kind of expected Santa's montage. I mean, dude, he's. Some uh, he's candy cane nunchucks. Like, I figured he would have access to a lot more arsenal than. <laughs> but I guess you know what he did go to was like, I, I don't need much more. This is tried and proven. Yeah, like, he, he gets his forty-five and his old cowboy gun, and uh, steps out. I just love that standoff because. But I guess a finny gun, like I mean, I guess a revolver is going to be just as reliable as any shotgun or <laughs> you know any. You but know, yeah, it's like you know. You don't have to worry about stovepipes. <laughs> The hitman, like in his winter camo and like his his uh his AR and everything, and they're having this like this standoff in the out in the snow, kind of like a hateful eight. And he's like, "Fat man, I'm here for your head." And he's like, "You think I just got this?" He's like, "He's like, what? You think you're the first to try this? I didn't get this job just because I'm fat and jolly." 
It's like, I want to hear the backstory on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it left a lot to... It was Santa some old gunslinger desired, that like, yeah, <laughs> became I mean, Claus. I don't know, did he make a deal with the devil, you know, something? Or, you know, like... <laughs> well, before you can get, you know, inside the pearly gates, I'm going to need you to uh, start doing some good in the world. So, <laughs> this is your task. Yeah, because it was... Uh... Yeah, and then the gunfight ensues. <laughs> yeah, Santa's a badass. Like I said, he took out all those military guys pretty easy, but yeah, he had a hard time uh, fighting old Santa. Yeah, and, and he, yeah, I mean Santa, Santa drew first blood, put a round through him, and they end up, you know, he ends up beating the shit out of him with a log. But then the dude has like a tactical boot. Like, yeah, he's had this like you see him like building something earlier in the film, and it's like this this like spring loaded blade that actually comes out of a leg brace. It just, so he like, you know, as he's on the ground, you know, grappling with Santa Claus, his blade just kind of comes out of his knee and stabs Santa, like right through the back. And, you know, he gets up and shoots Santa Claus right in the, right in the eye. And you think he's, he's dead, but he's Santa, he'll heal. But then Mrs. Claus comes out with the freaking you know, flintlock and like <laughs> starts shooting at him and he chases her. I like, I love that. Cause it's like, you know, she shoots him and then she, he, shoots shoots her back and she goes into the house and he goes through the house clearing it and like walks into the house and then the it's just like a horror movie the door closes behind him and she's standing behind him and since she's mrs claus she's like sorry and then shoots him in the face with a double barrel flintlock <laughs> yeah i mean it just uh i didn't know what to expect i still don't quite know how to process what i got but uh <laughs> i was like Okay, if you know, this is a whole nother like, no Krampus, no you know traditional Santa. Like, well, I mean, not really. I mean, he does kind of have his, like he, I don't know, he does have his turn where he's like, all, all right, right, you know, I I, I gotta, you know, yeah, they find the notebook. I figure uh... out that you know some of these kids, I've I've kind of done wrong, and you know, I can't just be, you know. Oh, nope, you fucked up. Santa's done with you. It's like, you know, I have real influence and real impact. I gotta, you know, try to do better by these kids. Yeah, so he, yeah, they find the, the hitman's notebook and figure out who hired him and goes to see young Billy. And Billy is like, his grandma figures out that somebody's been stealing her money. So he, like, takes her drugs and starts, like, trying to overdose her so he can just, like, kill her yeah, off. Yeah, a little fentanyl uh, in the, uh, the nightcap. Yeah, so, you know, Santa's, you know, and it's funny to like you know, knock on the door and the 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 help that doesn't like uh, the kid anyway, you know let lets him into the kid's room and they just like shut the door like we got no part of this and like I said he you know Mrs. Claus is there and he kind of hobbles in because he's still healing and you know, grabs the milk and just drinks it and he's like mm, fentanyl yeah that'll get the job done and he's like you know part of this is my fault you know I've I've kind of neglected you naughty kids but now I'm gonna take a more proactive role. And so anything happens to your grandmother other than dying of natural causes, you harm a hair on that girl, you threaten, you do anything. You're mean to a puppy. And he like takes off his like bandage. So you can see like his hollow eyes. He's like, remember Santa's got his eye on you <laughs> and I will come back and fuck the you up. The fat man's watching you <laughs> or something yeah. like. He's like, fat man has his eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> I do like before when the kid calls the, the hitman for an update. It's like his, his <laughs> like name is going as little shit. And he's like, Hey, I've been thinking I'm paying a lot for this. I want something extra. He's like, what do you want? He's like, I want the fat man's head. He's like, no, I don't do that. It's gross. I'm going to transport across multiple country lines. 
they rot. It's nasty. I'm not doing that. He's like, all right, well, what about his beard? I'm not shaving a dead man's beard. Forget about it. Okay, okay. How about his... And he's like, what if I give you his jacket? All right, I'll, I'll take his jacket. <laughs> but then again, like, could you not, like, go to any place and be like, you know, does the kid actually know, like... Because I don't, I don't think Stop you... Stop by a barbershop and like, hey, man, can I get, like, a bag of hair? Well, no, I mean, like, even with a jacket, it's like, okay, I'll just go to this uh, costume store. You got a Santa jacket? Great. Here you go. Hey, this is what the big man wears. Yeah, I'm going to uh, put a couple bullet holes in it, rub some blood on it. Yeah. <laughs> like... Make it look good. Because, I mean, I don't think you ever really see him in the traditional... The only time he wears, like, kind of, not even the traditional coat, but a red coat is when he actually goes out to deliver the presents. And when he goes to threaten the kid, he's wearing his 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 red coat. But, yeah, it definitely doesn't look like the uh, traditional Santa Claus outfit. Like, like, it'd be like, dude, this is not at all what Santa Claus is depicted like. This, there's no way this is his jacket. It's like a leather like, jacket. What the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> You trying to jip me? You take me for an idiot? I, I'm paying you. Like, yeah, but him showing up and like you know threatening the kid is hilarious. And then you you see them rebuilding the toy shop, and Santa's got his his, his spirit back, and he has a badass leather eye patch. He very looks much like Rooster Cogburn at the end of it. Yes, <laughs> he would be very at home playing a western. Like, whatever happened to the reindeer though? Because you see the bomb go off in the barn. Where the reindeer... Or... No, I think that was, that was like kind of like our fake barn. He had another barn. The okay. one where he had his punchy bag set up, that was the actual barn. And that barn was just the entrance to the toy underground toy factory. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like too when like the government guys tried to like talk because he was like, all right, this is a one-time deal. I'm only doing this this one time. And these government liaison guys come up and try to... How about you wait till after the first when you see the money? Yeah, try to co- coerce them into ma- and signing like a longer contract. And uh, one of the... Uh, reindeer's there and he's like he's oh yeah hey that's dasher uh he's he's a little little nippy uh good thing it wasn't prancer he'd have ripped she'd have ripped your whole package off <laughs> like what was it like has has dasher replaced rudolph is I that guess, what's like, happened like maybe rudolph was created by some other company so no one has the rights to rudolph <laughs> yeah i, I you just, ever see him in like modern day Santa like, it, Claus just, stories like Oh, I mean, I guess, because, you know, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, like, so I, I, I guess, you know, Dasher is next in line um, of the song, but uh, <laughs> I was like, man, out of out of eight reindeer, like, Dasher's getting a lot of love, like, <laughs> good time to be a Dasher, I mean, you, you uh, know, you... you freaking su- reindeer are big as shit, too, I mean, we're from the, the South, I'm cat. used to, like, your regular Georgia mule deer, which aren't that big, but... I mean, no, even mule like deer horses, are big, man. dude. We just got the regular whitetails. Yeah, that's what I mean, whitetail, yeah. But freaking reindeer are like damn horses, man. Those things are big as shit. <laughs> like, I, I... And they fly, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. Always wanted to go to, like... I think there was a place at one point that was a sanctuary that had some reindeer not far from us. And... There used to be a, uh, uh, a house that did, like, this gigantic Christmas display every year. And you could kind of come on their property, and they had a whole Santa village set up. But they used to have like a I barn. I think I know that house. Like, yeah, they used to have a barn where they had like usually like a live uh, nativity scene or something. But they would also have they had like rented or or owned. I don't know, but they brought in actual reindeer that were in this barn when you went in there, and it, you know, those things were cool. I mean, they were like big as shit. Especially as a kid, you're like, "Fuck, that's a big ass deer." <laughs> Damn near ripped my package off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
And I like this. Everybody in this town is like, yep, that's just old grumpy Nick, you know? <laughs> like, well, I mean, I think they realize, like, when he goes to the bartender and she's like, you want your usual? Nah, I'm turning a new leaf. How about a glass of milk? <laughs> she's like, you want that warm? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he starts trying to be good again. Yes. He's like, you know, whiskey? He's like, well, it is awful early. Let me, let me just have some milk for the road. <laughs> <laughs> but he even, he, like, you know, even though he's like this grumpy like old vet type guy, like he's like, I'm going to town, to check the mail. And like, she takes a plate of cookies with him. <laughs> just, just like the little Santa behaviors. But dude, if you got somebody making fresh homemade cookies, you don't go without fresh homemade cookies like that. That's sacrilege. And I do like the military guy goes to the, the, the cafeteria in the factory and all the elves, there's nothing in there, but dessert. And he's like, man, y'all eat a lot of sugar. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe that's why y'all are so kind of small. Like if we got y'all on some like, you know, meat and vegetables, y'all might actually grow up. And he's like, oh no, this is like the perfect meal. Like we've discovered that, you know, the body can operate better off of just simple carbs and sugars. And, you know, we don't really require any sleep. You know, it's like we, we take a 20 minute nap every eight hours. That's why we're able to operate 24 hours a day. And he's like, that's why we live so much longer than humans. <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be kind of like we saw in... Apparently elves don't get diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be sort of like in Christmas Chronicle 2 where they sit down to have dinner and it's like oh, man we, look at the all these desserts like and it's like no this is healthy food but it's disguised as food you like if somebody hands me a fucking carrot cake in the shape of you know like something delicious I'm going the fuck is this like <laughs> oh no this is broccoli but it tastes like cake alright yeah I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna believe you I'm just gonna <laughs> Not going to test this it out. Yep, yep, that's definitely broccoli. I'm going to eat all this broccoli. <laughs> Be sure you eat your pintos and cheese now. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But Santa, we got to go on a sleigh ride. It's going to make me gassy. <laughs> oh. Well, at least a sleigh is, like, open top, so it's, like, you know, there's plenty of airflow. <laughs> it's going to be hard to, like, fart bomb a sleigh. Yeah, but then again, like, dude, it, like, poop would freeze. It's going to harden. And, dude, that, that'll kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, he's, uh, he's trying to uh, get it on with Mrs. Claus because he's feeling, feeling a little better. And she, she's like, I thought you wanted me to fix your sack. She's like, oh, yeah, you can, you can fix my sack. <laughs> oh, one for the adults. <laughs> yeah, so after the kids go to bed after watching Christmas Chronicles 2, rent the fat man because it is... <laughs> It's just one of those things. It's like it's we. It's weird. It's 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 one of those it's, like it's, what the hell did I just watch? But the more I like think back on it, I'm like this is like a damn good weird movie. <laughs> if if a western was rated R and set in the North Pole, this would very much fit the the western. You know, it's uh, the hateful eight with Christmas presents. <laughs> So, I mean, it almost was like a weird Tarantino. So, would this be like the film. Grateful? Yeah, but it wasn't like over the top bloody and gruesome no, I mean, like you would think with a Tarantino. Other than like, you know, the kind of the, the final battle when he's taking out all the guards and stuff. There's just very much like a lot of like build up and suspense. There's not a whole lot of like violence and vulgarity. I mean, even in the violence, there wasn't a whole lot of vulgarity. I don't even remember if, you know, there was any like foul language really. <laughs> If there was, there wasn't much because nothing really stands. We're just out so my, desensitized to it that it just you know might <laughs> yeah. as well be everyday language. Yeah, we're we're completely desensitized to violence and and cussing. 
Santa Claus be like, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> ho, 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 motherfucker. <laughs> Santa, if you bring me a ho, 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 I won't need to fuck myself. <laughs> and, I, and I like to do the... It's a Christmas miracle. He didn't need to fuck himself. <laughs> and I like, since he's Santa Claus, he knows everyone. So it's like, people say, hi, I'm like, I, I know who you are. And even the hitman. They never say the hitman's name through the whole movie. And then he's like, like, John, and he calls him by name. He's like... <coughs> And you see, like, the prized possession in his, like, Santa Claus collection is this little toy police car. And it was, like, it was apparently the last, the one and only toy he ever got because after that, I guess he went went bad. And he, and, he, and you think, like, hey, he went bad. He didn't get any more toys. But he's like, he's like, you, you never gave me anything. You never got it. He's like, he's like, well, there's some things that are. It's like, I'm sorry I couldn't, you know, change your parents or something. Cause yeah, he's like, I mean, it's obvious that he had been abused by cigarette burns and stuff because he shows the. Yeah, and little I, kid when he goes I, I to think buy the they airplane. Were, they kind of alluded to the fact that he may have been an orphan because he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, you know, there's there's limits to even my power. I couldn't give you your parents back. <laughs> it's kind of so it's like, it's like he's like, you know, it may not necessarily not gotten anything else because he was a bad boy. It's just like what he was asking for every year. He's like, dude, I can't build that in a factory. <laughs> I got I'm magic, but I ain't that magic. Yeah, but are you? I mean, Santa from Christmas Chronicles would have went back in time. Yeah, he had a freaking DeLorean sled <laughs> <laughs> that went. Well, I don't know if it ever got up to eighty-eight miles per hour or not. Because I mean, at one point he's operating on seven reindeer, and apparently that—that's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> but they got to Turkey pretty quickly, so <laughs> wormholes. I think that's the—that's the key. Wormholes. Yep. No, that's got to be it. Wormholes and golf carts. Yep. Stay away from wormholes and golf carts. So yeah, uh, any final thoughts on on Fat Man? I mean, I if you want something completely out of the box, completely different than any other film, and you're a Mel Gibson fan and just looking for something dark and gritty, go for it. Me yeah, personally, I'd have liked to have seen it free on Prime. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it might be one of those that... It'll probably be there eventually, but it literally just came out in mid-November, so it's still in the in the rental phase, trying to make a little make a little bit of their money back. So, hell, this was a twenty million dollar film, so they they got that they got to recoup some of that before it. Uh, and this was also distributed by uh, Saban Films. Who yeah, but make shit like the how many of those millions stuff. went to get Mel Gibson's name? <laughs> probably because a lot of if them. you look at the sets and like they'd be like, okay, we need a farmhouse, we need an old post office. Somebody got like five hundred dollars to buy a rusted out Ford truck. Great, we got that. Um, hey, who wants to be in a Christmas movie? Hey, you're young. Um, yeah, other than you uh, want a few grand. Great. Like, yeah, other than Mel Gibson and uh, uh, Kurt Russell, Walton Goggins were like uh, the only two like you know big name people that I'm I'm familiar with. <laughs> yeah, I mean that like. I don't know. I, I I feel like eighteen million of the budget went to Mel Gibson. <laughs> Maybe nineteen and a half. Yeah. So, uh, well, what do you think of this here, uh, Perla Dale Mar? Dude, it it it's flavorful for sure. Um, you know, this would be a great, uh, you know, either cigar to close my night of smoking or open up my morning of smoking. Yeah, um, you know it, it. It's creamy. It's flavorful. Um, you know, I, I got no real complaints. Yeah, the original 
Maduro. It, it's very creamy, but it, it's it's on that milder size. And this adding this little bit of Corojo to that, that blend just kind of just adds a little bit of spice and, and strength to it that uh, the previous version did not have. So it's like if you want something that's a little bit stronger than your standard uh, Maduro or uh, the Connecticut uh, uh, Del Mar, yeah, this is definitely, you know, makes it a little more interesting. Uh, yeah, cause like I said, the other one was a good, like, you know, morning coffee smoke where this one's got a little, like I said, a good end of the night, you know, just a little bit more, a little more kick to you after you've, you've had your morning coffee. <laughs> you have your morning coffee with the, uh, Maduro and then you, you know, head out about your day with the, uh, Corojo. And with that, we'll be right back. I've come for your head, fat man! Dashing through the snow No one horse open sir. You think you're the first? Think I got this job because I'm fat and jolly? Lucky it wasn't Blitzer should tear your package clean off. Yes, science! And welcome back. It's time for some science. We're about to learn some shit. Are you going to teach me how to be magic? Oh yeah, Magic the Gathering. <laughs> magic Mike. Magic uh, Mushrooms. All the magic. Magic with a kick. <laughs> so, uh, hey, we got some robot news. Or, well, kind of. It's it's about a drone. Uh, the world's largest drone designed to launch satellites has been unveiled. Uh, the world's largest unmanned aircraft system uh, by mass uh, is unveiled by private rocket launch startup that uh, basically it's going to be a new way. Uh, it's uh, the name of the... It's an Alabama-based company. Avaim, and the name of this aircraft is the Raven X, which is a badass name. This thing looks like some freaking weird fighter jet with no cockpit. But it uh, basically, you know, it's what they want to do is they instead of launching satellites into space via rockets, which is very expensive, and also it takes a long time to turn around time to like launch a rocket and then launch another rocket later. Where this is, they basically want to put a rocket on an unmanned spacecraft or aircraft that will then fly it up to the low atmosphere and then launch, you know, that rocket-assisted satellite the rest of the way into space from this high altitude, uh, and then it will return and land like a normal plane without any kind of, you know, input. It's you know all all run on unmanned and autonomous uh, technology. Just don't let that unmanned, autonomous, <laughs> you know, technology be like, instead of launching out of orbit, we're going to launch at the city. <laughs> yes, this Raven X uh, has 60-foot wingspan and 
stands 18 feet tall. So this is a this is a big boy. It's like this. It runs off the fuel of a standard jet. I mean, how how big are like some of the unmanned um, aircraft that the military uses? Uh, like the Predator, general. yeah, they're those things are pretty big, but I don't know. Like I'm just size I'm, comparison to this. Yeah, thing. right like now I always the, hear talks of the Predator, and maybe it's you know. Maybe it's only the size of, you know, or maybe a little bit bigger than, you know, some of your ballistic missiles. I don't know. I guess we need to go to a military base or something and <laughs> be like, I, I need to go to an aviation museum. I'd be like, ah, that's the Predator. I know how big 60 feet is. Ah, this is much, much bigger. I look yeah, at the, the Predator and it's like the size of my arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a remote control airplane. Yeah, the Raven X will take off, release its rocket-powered payload once it reaches a specific launch zone. Then land on the runway and even put itself back in the hangar entirely autonomously. Uh, so, and also, it's like I said, the the upside of this is the turnaround time. So, once this thing is is capable of launching a satellite into space every 180 minutes, I said, you know, normally it takes years to to plan a mission and send something out. Where this will take, you know, months. Or weeks, or so even this if, may if very like well demanded, if it, it can be launched in, in minutes. You know, put satellites in that quickly. Like this may very well be Skynet. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much, and everything. It's uh, like ninety five percent going to be ninety five percent reusable. So it's like other than yeah, like I said, your your gas and things that get burned up. It's it's pretty much just going to be something that can be sent back up over and over and over again. You know, as you as need arrives. It was, you know, revealed December 3rd and their first <clears throat> actual mission to launch a satellite will occur sometime early next year. And speaking of jets, we've got uh, a new hypersonic engine has been uh, developed. Uh, basically, we don't currently, since the retirement of the Concorde jet, don't have any kind of hypersonic planes out there. Well... Because <clears throat> most of the people dealing in uh, technology f as uh, for aircraft have kind of gone into making it cheaper, more uh, fuel efficient. Where some companies has continued to play around with this uh, hypersonic technology, and a <clears throat> Chinese company uh, just published a paper in the Chinese Journal of Aeronautics. This new engine that they've developed basically can be anywhere in the world within two hours. It's going to have a a reach speeds up to Mach 16, which is, oh, 11,850 miles per hour. But as a person, <laughs> like, would you not be sub subject to, like, G-Force and, like, everything else, like, you know, when... You know, you're like an astronaut or something. Like, I mean, well, I think it's like you know, kind of like the, uh, the I mean, hyper trains and stuff. Like, once you're, you probably have to accelerate slowly, but once you get moving, you know, top speed really doesn't affect you as long as you're not going from zero to Mach sixteen and within like three seconds. <laughs> that might cause some some damage to the uh, the passenger. It's like don't look down; you get motion sickness. <laughs> But one of the things that they've that they've uh, kind of uh, it's kind of revolutionary in this, and they've they've not it's not on any aircraft yet. It's only been tested to be stable within like a a wind tunnel. But 
jets that run like this uh, ha- have had a problem that it, I guess when it gets up to that speed, it causes kind of micro uh, uh, whatever shock waves, and it kind of can blow out the actual combustion in the engine. And they've developed a way to basically use those shock waves to reignite keep the, the, keep engine the engine ignited. That's cool. So yeah, so so this can, like I said, uh, theoretically, um, it has not been tested in an actual aircraft yet. And that's kind of a, a little ways off, but yeah, it's, if it works as the way it's supposed to work, uh, like I said, it will, can run at that, you know, 11,000 miles per hour, which just sounds, sounds like science fiction. Dude, it's I like, can't even not, fathom not, that. Yeah, it's, like, it's not something that I'm like, can put a concept, cause I've heard of Mach 2, Mach 3, well, like, like fighter jet speeds, and it's like, Mach 16, I didn't. No, that's a thing that exists. <laughs> At what point does the Mach scale end and <laughs> a new scale begin? Um... You know, because I know, like, in vehicles, like, there's always the fastest land record, and, you know, apparently a lot goes wrong when you start getting anywhere near the 1,000 mile an hour, um, <laughs> so maybe maybe in air, things are a little bit different. Yeah, and this, this kind of runs forbid, off a, a hydrogen fuel, too, not your standard, you know, jet <laughs> fuel. If it goes up this fast, you know, and, and, and gets to that speed, God forbid you do have an engine problem. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be hell of an impact. Uh, yeah, and the, they're calling this this uh, engine the Soda Ramjet. So, yeah, look for that in the future if you want to go from here to anywhere in, in Yay, two hours. Yay, Team Ramrod! <laughs> <laughs> Team Ramrod? <laughs> well, uh, speaking of getting things into space, we've had something return from space. Uh, I believe... A while ago, there was a, uh, I think we talked about a spacecraft that was landing on asteroids and, and studying, uh, you know, trying to land like a rover on an asteroid. Well, it's six year, three days after launch, the Japanese space agency Hayabusa 2 has completed its mission and has returned uh, samples from an asteroid in space. It's the first ever including the first ever subsurface sample from an asteroid. Uh, you know, this this craft was actually, you know, landed on... Uh... Wait, didn't, didn't, didn't we already have a movie about all of this? <laughs> then they drilled through it, and... <laughs> well, how it, uh, how it actually got the samples, it actually deployed, like, little rovers onto this asteroid, but it literally shot the asteroid. It shot some kind of projectile in the asteroid to to break up some of the surface and kind of basically creates dust. And then the rovers went and vacuumed up those samples. And then they fired a, a, a five pound projectile to break deeper into the asteroid and get that subsurface, you know, core sample pretty much. And it, and you know, it had, and it even has like a, it looks like, like you're, you're almost your, uh, traditional sci-fi flying saucer, but it's, you know, much, much smaller it's able to return its payload to Earth for study while still continuing on its mission. So the satellite rover, you know, its mission continues on. It, it's able to return near Earth, launch this delivery package that, you know, comes back into our atmosphere and lands somewhere where it can be recovered by a science team. And then it's continuing on to study another uh, asteroid that it's probably going to take about, I think they said, around 10 years to get to its next sample target area but it's kind of cool that it can like pick up uh samples and then drop that shit off and keep going it doesn't have to return to earth to uh uh, to do that and maybe this is a gateway too if we could figure out you know 
like you know people talk about well how do we stop a asteroid from impacting the earth and everything else maybe this is kind of a step you know in we that we don't have to send uh Bruce Willis with a nuke we can well i mean that's the thing to, is if you, take it out. you know nuke it like if you don't obliterate it then all of a sudden you got a whole bunch of little asteroid draining down some of which may or may not break up in the atmosphere but uh i feel like that was already described in a uh movie too but um <laughs> you know, maybe this is a way that, you know, you, you, you can impact it, or maybe you could attach, you know, some kind of propulsion to, you know, maybe knock it off its trajectory a little bit. You know, especially if you catch it in time. I mean, if it's already, you know, too close, then, I mean, hey. <laughs> and, you know, from getting samples Goodbye, from, cruel world. from Asteroid, you know, uh, there's we're also trying to do this with the moon, uh... You know, before Dude, if we... the moon is just a big block of cheese. We all know that. <laughs> well, before, if you know, we wanted stuff from the moon... There from... is no moon. It's a hoax. we wanted to bring some cheese, we had to send actual people up there. Well, the Chinese yeah, National dude. Space Agency... We don't have robotic cheese graters. <laughs> ...has uh, just landed uh, a uh, a rover, uh, Change 5, has landed uh, near Mon Rumica in Oceanus Pro Solarum, the Ocean of Storms, which is... The dark-colored region of the moon you see uh, when you look up in the <laughs> Which sky. Which sounds like an area you don't want to be in. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, this spacecraft is, is supposed to collect around four pounds of lunar material, some from the surface, and the rest they're going to drill down to about six feet and get uh, get some under-moon under samples. And then it's going to launch back into new lunar orbit and return to Earth. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, and they said the journey back is going to take about four or five days, but... You know, it's, you know, now that we've got, you know, space robots that can go mine the moon and bring back rocks. And cheese! <laughs> so, yeah, this is kind of interesting that, like, you know, now it's like we, we don't really have to, you know, send people for these, like, kind of, I, won't, I don't want to say minor uh, science, but, you know, it's a lot to send an entire spacecraft full of astronauts to pick up shit where we can kind of turn well, and burn uh, and put a robotic assets to grab stuff and bring because we've always well i mean, I, mean had... I think it's great to be able to do this without endangering lives like you know that's yeah. the thing like you know if you know i mean i'm sure there are people that you know i mean this is their lifelong dream to be in a ship and go to space and everything else but you know the reality is you know you you may not return from that endeavor so you know and maybe this helps too when we do have to send folks to space we're better prepared to get them back and it's kind of cool too because we've been sending out rovers and stuff like that that study samples on let's say mars but we never actually get those samples kind of back so this is like the first time with this asteroid mission and this moon mission that we're able to collect specimens and then return them to earth. Uh, so, you know, so people can study them here. Uh, and this is going to be the first time in 44 years, uh, that a lunar sample has been collected on the moon and brought back to earth. The last time that happened was 1976. So we got some of that fresh moon dust, yo. Dang. That's that new, new, that new, new moon. <laughs> <laughs> It's a new, new moon. Uh, as long as they don't accidentally dig up, dig up like a venom or uh, bring back some kind of 
<laughs> I mean, we're parasite. okay until we start messing with Mars. It's Mars that we run into the problem. If the sci-fi can tell you anything. Well, what I mean, that? dude, Doom Guy knows all about it. <laughs> uh, with that, don't be the Doom Guy. Or don't create a situation where we need the Doom Guy. And we'll be right back. We are the Air Station One Podcast, and we approve this message. Hey, I'm Judy, and I've been a listener of Earth Station One for over 10 years. Yeah, every day while Mike edited together over 550 episodes, you know all that geek-themed blah, blah, blah. I've listened so much that now I hear howdy in my sleep. You, too, can enjoy all the Earth Station One fun wherever fine podcasts are found. Okay, Mike, I did this for you. Are we going to get another dog now? The Earth Station One podcast. Over 10 years for geeks by geeks. And now it's time for all things nerdy and nerd news. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. And in this rendition of news, we're going to throw it back to the great TV series that you and I grew up on. Or that I grew up on. You are may have already grown up. I don't know. <laughs> Remember a little show called Home Improvement? Brought us Tim, the Tool Man <laughs> Taylor. Why, yes. And oh. Al. <laughs> and, and not to, you know, not to leave out the, uh, the, the females here, but also brought us Heidi. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, wouldn't, like, Pamela Anderson one of the Heidis at one point? I think she may have been. <laughs> So, yeah, looks like Tim Allen is going to reprise the role of uh, his home improvement character in the upcoming ninth and final season of Last Man Standing. It's going to go furl circle. I mean, he's had a cameo. I watch that occasionally when it's when it's on. I've never, like, followed the series regularly, but when it's on, it's, it's pretty entertaining. But he's had, like, cameos from a lot of his previous... Uh, you know, castmates from, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Cause you know, basically, you know, Tim and Baxter actually, you know, met, you know, uh, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it could be cool, you know, like, and I mean, and some of those shows, I gotta say, do kind of bring back, you know, like, okay, it's not another dumb, you know, Kardashian reality, yeah. like, you know, so, and it's not like super snowflakey, like or, or, politically you know, correct, just, or, which is rare on TV or just nowadays. Over the top drama. Like, yeah, that's my thing. Is like I'm so sick of drama. Like I want fucking drama. I'll walk outdoors. Like I, I, I don't want to, you know, sit down in my free time and be like, oh, this looks like a really great drama. Let me watch this. <laughs> yeah. Like turn on any fucking news station ever. There's drama. We got too much drama. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, I kind of feel bad, like, you know, uh, like, from a comedian standpoint. Like, dude, how the hell do you become a breakout comedian in today's climate? Oh, yeah, you say anything that's even slightly edgy. Oh, we gotta cancel him. Yeah, like, um, I did see... Comedy is supposed to be offensive. <laughs> uh, was it on Netflix, maybe? Um, I don't know. One of the comedians. Uh, I don't... Was it Tyler Perry, maybe? Like, actually did a show inside his house. I don't know. And, like... I'm not familiar with, with this. I, I, I don't remember which one it was. But, anyway. Like, that felt like good comedy. Because he's like, look. You people are sensitive. So, I'm going to offend the fuck out of you. And guess what? Oh, You're no, in my it was, house. Uh, it was, uh... Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. What's his name? That 
did those movies with The Rock. Oh, yeah, 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 because... Uh... The guy from Jumanji. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart did yes. a special from his living room. <laughs> like, you know... Dude, I don't think that's his living room. I think that's probably, like, his theater basement or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's got a stage in his living room, but, like... I haven't watched it. I just heard that, yeah, he did it from his house. Yes, absolutely. Because, like, you the, know, all the like... comedy clubs are closed, and you can't really do a film a, a special anywhere, so... Yeah, I, I've got to watch that. I've heard it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, he, he does a good job of talking wife and family, and, you know, like... I, I generally felt like it was a good comedy series, you know, where most of the time people just want to use that platform for, like, if I'm there to see a comedian, I want to be there for comedic value. Don't try to educate me on real life. And I'm kind of equally impressed by that, too, is the fact that, yeah, he did shoot this in his in his house at a time when comedy clubs are closed and people aren't really able to go on the road and work out their act and, and get it prepared to film a special. Yeah, I mean, he basically just came out there and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing stand-up, and this is it. You know, I've wrote some material, but, you know, some other shit's just going to come off the cuff, and uh, we'll see what we get. But I'm tired of doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and he even ordered pizza for everybody. <laughs> That's pretty like, awesome. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta sit down. I haven't had a chance to watch that special like, yet. God but damn, I've, I've imagine how good. much one of those fucking tickets probably cost, though. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, everybody in there is already famous comedians. Like, hey, we're the seven people that could afford this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was probably like 20 people. But... It's probably like his family and his like security guys and people. Nah, that dude, for him. I, I think it was, you know, like legit people that just had enough money to pay. Could you imagine like just seeing like a Craigslist ad or something and be like, Hey, hey uh, filming, uh, you know, yeah, like Kevin free Hart's comedy house. show, like come to this like you know, address and then you show up and you're like, oh, this is Kevin Hart's house. What the fuck? <laughs> but you're like, oh yeah, sure. I'll go to somebody's basement comedy show. This should be interesting. And then you're like, oh shit, this is <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> this I gotta come time. back here more often. What's this GPS? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Hey bro, I couldn't help but notice your multi-million dollar house. Christmas is coming. You want to help me out? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Um, another thing from our childhood that we had talked about, but uh, it looks like uh, we have official confirmation the DuckTales reboot has received its cancellation. Woohoo! Yeah. I mean, you can't say DuckTales without saying woohoo. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost crazy. Yeah, so. Dude, I saw a, uh, someone made a neg not Negaduck, uh, Gizmo Duck costume. He even had like a motorized uh, unicycle, so he was like, even had the wheels for feet. It was like, I was like, that's freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Disney XD fans, um, don't worry, it'll probably come back on HBO Max or something. Uh, Disney XD, it'll probably end up on Disney Plus here shortly <laughs> if uh, you haven't, uh, if it's not there already. So. I watched like a couple episodes of that reboot, the kids had it on, I'm like, it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't I... terrible, it, it didn't quite hit me the way that, like, OG DuckTales did, yeah. but I mean, then again, like, I think changing the animation and everything, like, for me, it just, it changes how my brain, like, remembered my, like, I go back and watch the childhood DuckTales, this is the greatest shit ever. You give me that same exact thing, but just with the polished animation, and I'm like, the fuck is this? That's for kids, <laughs> I can't watch this now, it's, this is for the kids. It looks too clean. Yeah. I hate it. Um... 
But, I mean, you know, it just kind of sucks that there won't be a fourth season. But, uh, you know, there we have it. Um, if you're interested in new content, um, as far as what may or may not be coming, uh, (laughs) things that were slated for theaters when there are no theaters have now seemed, uh, gravitated to HBO Max. Yeah, I've, I've, I, I, I said it when Disney came out, I'm like, I don't want to, I'm already paying for like three services. I don't want another streaming service, but now... It's like, yeah, anything that was in the Warner Brothers release slot that was supposed to come out in the next year. For example, Wonder Woman, Matrix, uh, the Kong vs. Godzilla movie. All, it's, that alone, I'm going to be like, fuck, I'm going to have to pay the $15 a month and, and get fucking HBO Max. Hell, just so we have something to talk about on the podcast. Because all the new movies are coming out on goddamn HBO Max. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, Suicide Squad, Matrix 4, Godzilla vs. Kong, Mortal Kombat, um, Tom and Jerry, uh, The Conjuring, yeah. Space Jam, um, yeah. and, and some honorable mentions. I think Will Smith's King Richard. Obviously, Will Smith usually has a big following. Um, and it's know. also been the home of since the kind of like the DC Universe app closed up. All those DC shows have since moved over to the HBO Max. So if you're a, a fan of the, the DC uh, online content, uh, you can now go watch, you know, uh, what you freaking not Young Justice, uh, uh, Teen Titans, and, and some of that other stuff over there on HBO Max. Yeah, I'm, I want to see that Kong versus Godzilla. I'm either have to wait till it get released on video, or I'm going to have to fork over the 15 bucks and, and join some HBO Max. Yeah, I mean... It's good that, you know, they're not just going to hold over until theaters potentially do open again. And, you know, I I don't know. I mean, we've yeah, done without them. Financially, if they're able to open again. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing, too. Like, we've, we've done without theaters for so long. Like, I mean, I know people are just like, oh, I'm ready to get the fuck out of my house. But at the same time, like, I never quite under... I mean, you get the big screen, but yeah, every home just about now has a big screen and a surround sound system and a free bar. And, you know, like I got to say with the and I never quite understood movies on date night because literally, hey, let's go to a place where we're going to sit and not talk or interact. (laughs) Or if we're going to talk and interact, then why the fuck am I going to pay to go to a theater? I'll just, you know, take you back home. (laughs) <laughs> or wherever you know. Oh, there's certain like a like a big Marvel, uh, like a uh, spectacle film, something that like I kind of want to see that on like a giant screen. But... Yeah, but you almost have to go to IMAX to get that because like, dude, I go into some theaters now, like especially if a movie's been out for a little while and it's not in like the premier, you know, theater with, like, the 180-inch screen. You go onto the one that's got the 70-inch screen, you're like, damn, I'm watching TV at home with 20 other people. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know. And these 20 other people are annoying the shit out of me. <laughs> Get off my lawn, kids. <laughs> Paying $30 for popcorn. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, you ever played uh, Metal Gear Solid? Uh, a little bit. It's been a while familiar with the character of solid snake at least though oh yeah so uh oscar isaac has officially been cast as solid snake in our uh film adaptation yeah you kind of throw an eye patch on him he'll look the part 
Yeah, if you're not familiar with that, that's old Poe Dameron from the new Star Wars movies. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a good fit. Um, you know, he, he's he been... I, I think it was a couple of years ago or so that he said he would like to, you know, portray the character. So, um, I guess uh, he has now been confirmed. Uh, basically, for, you know, folks not familiar with the game, um, you played a snake... Uh, basically, you were infantry. Um, it's to... one of those kind of almost like stealth mission, like a. I mean, it was stealth, but it introduced so many great things. Like, dude, on the, you know, let's take it back to the like 80s. Splinter Cell and shit the like fucking that. you know original Nintendo. You know the, oh, why does my character have a pack of cigarettes? Oh, there's lights, and the smoke from the cigarettes allows the lights to appear. You know, <laughs> like. Yeah, it was kind of like a. Stealth assassin slash like puzzle solving at times with you know the, the occasional like action sequences and fights and whatnot. Yeah, you know, it was it was one of those good you know series that have, has spawned like several games. So, and I think it's, it's the subject matter of it too. It would definitely translate into a cool action action movie, big screen or you know, home screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and the fact that they got you know. Hiro Kahima, Hiro Kahomo, Hiro. I I can't ever say the dude's name, but the dude that created all the fucking games and gave a solid snake, you know, um, he's in the uh, helm, you know, like running the thing. So yeah, it should be yeah at least you know, and, true I to mean, the source material. The beauty of his games is they fucking play like a movie. So yeah. you know, like so yeah, the guy's definitely familiar with the uh, story. Uh, story uh, um, arcs and, and and how to write something cinematically. Yes, yeah, so... Um, but yeah, I mean, all good shit. Um, I guess as we close here, another reboot that I grew up watching and that was very meme-worthy and spread around the internet like wildfire. Familiar with a little character by the name of Walker? Texas Ranger? Hell yeah. Chuck motherfucking Norris. I mean, one of the people that made me want to learn martial arts as a kid. I mean, dude, just that fucking roundhouse. Like, finish and move, over, done. Yeah, he's spinning heel kicked so many people in the face. It's like, no matter what happened, that was his finishing move. He always spinning heel kicked a guy with cowboy boots, mind you. I mean, I can do that in, like, barefoot, but cowboy boots, that's a different level of skill. That's like fifth degree black belt shit. I haven't learned any of that yet. <laughs> First, I got to get into my cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, looks like uh, this new series is going to be just titled Walker and uh, Jared Padalecki. Padalecki from Supernatural, which I don't even know if that guy knows martial arts. I I I don't know anything about him. I've never seen him in a let's say action movie role. So it's like. I mean, he, he's kind of a, a big country-looking dude, so I'm like, but I don't know his uh, if he has I the mean, martial dude, arts skill I mean, dude, you are going up against Chuck motherfucking Norris. <laughs> like, such an iconic and mean-worthy individual, and, like, I, I want to have hopes for this, <laughs> but don't call it Walker. Don't, don't, you know... Don't call it a comeback? Just... <laughs> You're a Texas Ranger in a completely different universe because, you know... Or is it like... I mean, is it a complete reboot or is it like, oh, this is like 
Walker Jr. <laughs> he's so like basically it says this that is a, that cannot be able to work if it's like yo know, he's his son or something. That would so be this cool. is going to be Cordell Walker. Yeah, that was the original Walker's name. You know, um, a widower and father of two with his own moral code who returns home to Austin after being undercover for two years, only to discover there's a hard a harder work to be done at home. He's got to reconnect with his creative and thoughtful son um, and his headstrong, somewhat rebellious teenage daughter and navigate clashes with his family. Um, like Walker finds unexpected common ground with his new partner, one from the first woman in Texas Ranger, played by Lindsay Morgan. While growing increasingly suspicious about the circumstances surrounding his wife's death, the also show also stars Jeff Pierre as Trey Barnett. Hmm. Like, it just... They're trying to put it too much in that fucking Walker universe. Like, it's not um, gonna hold up. Like, I can And just... Walker never had, like, the family drama. Like, you know, he, he didn't have any kids or anything. You know, it was like... Uh, yeah, it's like it seems they're like putting trying to put too much drama in my action shows. I just want to see dudes like kick drug dealers in the face. It's all I want out of a Walker title. <laughs> if he doesn't spinning heel kick somebody in the face in the first episode, I'm like, nope. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not watching any more of this. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You know, I mean. And they you always know, had the cool old guy the... that ran the bar. They need a cool old guy to run the bar in this one. I just... There you go. You get Chuck Norris to play CD. Like the old guy, old retired ranger that ran the local bar. <laughs> I, I, I mean... But at the it same doesn't time... even look the part of the Texas Ranger. It, it fucking looks like Rick from the fucking Walking Dead, if anything. <laughs> like, you know, with a fucking, you know, ranger star on, like... Yeah, I just, this will be. Uh, I'll give it a shot, but yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not holding out uh, great hopes. But then again, like I said, Supernatural was good. I liked him in Supernatural, so we'll we'll see what they what they do with this. And yeah, I think he lives in Texas too. So I mean, I think he owns a bar in Texas now. <laughs> yeah, I just man, and I'm and cautiously optimistic, but yeah. So it's much Chuck money, Norris, man. so much technology, so much everything, and. Well, this thing was successful, so sh we should just do that, but add a bunch of drama and bullshit to it that it didn't need. <laughs> and we don't have fucking Chuck Norris. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, any other news, tidbits, anything you want to, you know, rant about with the listeners at home? Ah, I think that's all we got. Uh, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network, ESONetwork.com. Get your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Promo code CigarNerds for permission off order your get shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And remember, the fat man's got his eye on you. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, 
your station for all things geek.